Okay, so this is Is This the End from my record Glow. This was recorded in 2010, a great studio in Cologne uh, by Deutschlandfunk. And uh, I think it was the maybe the third album I did for Pirouette Records. And I had an idea in, I think, in 2009 for a bigger ensemble and it kind of evolved through a couple of gigs. We had the idea, which was inspired by my love for Bitches Brew and those kinds of records, where Miles used multiple harmonic instruments and uh, had some instruments uh, that were doubled. So I experimented with two bassists and various keyboard instruments, harmonic instruments. And it all um, came together for this recording. So you're hearing my trio with Robert Landfermann and Jonas Borginkel, which I envisioned to be the center of this center and basis at the same time. But also there's uh, Dietmar Fuhr on bass and Henning Sieverts on bass and sometimes cello. My mentor and teacher Hubert Nuss on celesta and harmonium. Uh, the great Katrin Pechloff, uh, wonderful harp, uh, harp player. She uh, started out this song. Um, Menzel Mutzke on trumpets and Flugerhorn maybe even on one track. Niels Klein on clarinets and saxophones. He's just starting to play a wonderful soprano solo. Sebastian Gille on, uh, I think, soprano and tenor saxophone. Not sure if I <laughs> left out anyone right now. Maybe it comes to mind. And the idea was to have a big group, but very, very little amount of material to play, so that each of those players can ima uh, imagine and, and sort of create their role in any given moment for the music, because there's no real set arrangement. So in this particular tune, is this the end? There's a two-bar groove that's being looped and looped forever. It's written down in 11-8. And there's a three-bar melody, so it it's never the melody is never on the same place because the vamp is two bars and the melody is three bars. So if you repeat it, it always ends up in different places, but it fits. And I like that idea that, you know, the horn players, they could play the melody whenever they wanted. The bassists could play that melody as well. Everybody could do what they wanted. Sometimes I would maybe direct a little bit, conduct a little bit. But most of the times I would just leave everyone, everyone their, their space. And, and so everybody could decide when, when they would do something. And I loved listening to those players. So this is LP. Um, also, very little material, uh, three-bar melodic statement, and then we're in this uh, two-bar groove, where Sebastian Gille is playing a solo. Right now he's accompanied by Hubert Nuss on harmonium. This might have been a decision, or it just happened, but 
I think we agreed on, you know, we played this three-bar harmonic statement at the morning, uh, harmonic and melodic statement um, in the beginning. And then there's space for Sebastian to play his solo. And I think you can hear three basses at the moment. The reason why I chose different uh, or several basses or several uh, guys who played the same instrument in this uh, setting for this record was that once there's somebody in the group which has the, who has the same function, you know, traditionally speaking, in an ensemble, you play differently because you can't just play the same way like you're the only one. So it kind of forced everybody to be outside of his or her uh, comfort zones. Also, Hubert Nuss is, you know, mainly a, a pianist and, and a great one, you know. But I kind of knew that he would get beautiful sounds out of the harmonium and the celesta. And if he would be there, playing all these harmonic things, I would play differently. And also there's a harp, so even more harmonic information for me to play differently on for all of us. So to get from the first uh, solo section to the next, I wrote a four-bar melody that I think is played now by the saxophones. Basically, again, a two-bar vamp with a slightly different bass uh, groove, but in the same kind of vibe. This is me and Henning Sievertz interacting. The other basses are serving now in a more accompanying fashion, but I like that everybody had the freedom to step in. I invited everybody to jump in if they felt like playing. So to get out of this section again, I think we're playing the melody from the top again into the coda, which is another two bars. So it's, again, very little material, but a lot of space to improvise. Settling down a little bit to introduce the melody again. Here we go. Outer Rim. That's uh, a. That's something from the Star Wars universe. I think the Outer Rim is the, an area in their galaxy where there's a lot of. Uh, I don't know if the if the Empire has any power in that area, but uh, yeah. I, w I was kind of inspired for. I think Tatooine is on on uh, in the out on the outer rim. I'm not sure, but it, I think it is. Um, so this tune again is introduced by a three-bar statement, 
And then there's a section where uh, my friend, teacher and mentor Hubert Nuss is playing a solo on harmonium and I'm playing Celesta behind him. We have this two-bar vamp, which is loosely centered on the uh, third mode by Olivier Messiaen, although it's I kind of put it on a on a note that isn't in this mode, but it sounds nice over this note. And Hubert is just an incredible incredible expert on, on the subject of Olivia Messiaen and his harmonic world. So it was easy choice to pick him to, <laughs> to play solo there. And I really like the way it was um, to, to play with Katrin on harp. Those two sounds, uh, Celesta and uh, harp, really are complementary here, I think. So now there's a background melody that is played by Sebastian Gille and Niels Klein. It's played out of time and they can choose when they play it. It's just a means to have some extra compositional material behind the solo. There's something for Hubert to play off of. And I put Niels Klein in charge of sort of leading the horn section. Sebastian Gille and Menzel Mutzke. Sometimes cueing them, sometimes giving them ideas on what to play or something. Although they could make some decisions on their own, obviously, but uh, I thought it was good to have like a section leader or something. And I told Niels a lot of about my, my ideas for for the group, so he was he kind of knew what um, what I wanted. So I think now we're waiting for, I don't know if they play the melody again or just a little cue that is meant for them to bring us into the next se section. Okay, just a little cue. This is a section for Nels, uh, for <laughs> Menzel Mutzke to play on. Nelson Mutzke. I think that's Henning Sievers on cello and Robert Landfermann on bass here. That studio is just a, it's a big chamber music hall and has a lovely sound. Everything sounds beautiful in this, in this uh, hall. You can just play one note and it just stands there for a while. And what is Robert? What Robert is playing at the moment sounds as if it was improvised or uh, not improvised but uh, <laughs> composed or set or whatever, but he just made it up in the moment. Dietmar is also here, Dietmar Fuhr, playing that low B. I think he was playing, already playing his five string, which gave him the low B.
this is the title track, Glow. And um, yeah, I think one of the first pieces I, <laughs> I don't want to say wrote for this group because there's just so little uh, material written down for this. It's just a couple of notes. And I didn't even write them down as actual notes. I just wrote down E major, which you're hearing at this moment. Only three notes, but everybody in the ensemble could play them when and how they could decide for themselves. And then it just is kind of a game, really. The next node that is set is the nine, which is, which is F, F sharp in E major. So you can actually hear when somebody is playing the nine, that should, I envisioned it as being an, an, an event, so to speak. Every time there's a new node, you would hear it. But I wanted to create kind of a, yeah, a glowing atmosphere, something that could be even visual for the listener and for us. Let's see when the nine comes and who plays it. There's the nine. I think this is Niels Klein who introduced that note. Again, all the previous notes of E major, E, G sharp, and B natural are still allowed and still also wanted. <laughs> but now you can really hear what the nine F sharp what kind of an impact it has on the difference of sound or the difference of the, yeah it's a different kind of glow now whoops Katrin just played the <laughs> sharp 11 which is was supposed to come later but I love that this let's say mistake happened because yeah, I just love little details like this. So now, da, that's the six, which is the next note. It's C sharp. So the glowing figure or the glowing whatever you want to think of becomes a little bit bigger. The next note that is written down is the minor seventh, so D natural. But now, before the minor seventh uh, comes into the sound, you can't really tell if, the, if it's a dominant or not, but now you can, it becomes a dominant sound. I had this idea for for this this piece, I think on a uh, late night uh, ride home in a car with the trio. I think I was I was sitting back and looking at the stars. Kind of thought as of yeah creating how to create something that glows with a band. And I thought of this, and obviously it's inspired by um, certain kind of pieces. First, first one that comes to mind is 
the opening to Ravel's Daphne's et Chloé, a piece that is very important to me. Anyways, the next note is here, that's the sharp 11. A sharp or B flat. So at this time, it's the E major triad plus nine, plus the, the normal nine and this. 6 and the minor 7 and the sharp 11 and what it says on the sheet after that is play what you you know play whatever after this still holding on to those notes but see when the first notes come that aren't part of those set tones oh okay there you go I think now we're, after this uh, little explosion, we're moving backwards again. Maybe not as organized, although the beginning wasn't organized. We didn't, you know, decide who would introduce those notes. It's just a decision. When the next note is introduced, it's allowed for everybody else to be there as well. Now you can hear Hubert's playing on the harmonium. He's still holding those notes. But now subtracting until we're back at the core of it all, meaning the E major triad.
This is Rebirth of a Song, which is actually a compositional answer to another song of mine, which is called Birth of a Song. Birth of a Song was the first song I wrote for this ensemble, and it didn't make the record. <laughs> so you only get the rebirth. What you're hearing now is not the song, and I mean, it is, but uh, nothing you're hearing is composed. I just decided, okay, Jonas and Hubert will start. Also this stop and then the saxophones coming in wasn't decided at all. The melody, it's, I mean, the, the composition itself is only two bars of groove, bass groove, and a three-part melody that is only four bars long. When this would happen, we didn't decide. I think we didn't conduct or, you know, cue somebody. It just kind of evolved. And I love this because I'm not playing right now. I just listen, I'm just listening to the ensemble. Maybe I'm joining now, I don't know. No. But everything that's happening Everybody is playing sort of in a compositional way, very clear. And I love this, you know, that I didn't give them a lot. They came up with everything on themselves, you know. Also, this is not the tempo of the song. <laughs> you know, we just have to get there. Oh. We're getting closer. Okay. Okay, Robert is outlining the important parts of the bass groove but not playing the whole bass groove and I love that Jonas is doing these time switches again nothing was decided if you have great musicians like that that you surround yourself with you know you, just, you don't want to make too many decisions just let them do their thing That's the bass line. It's a bit fast. <laughs> That's the melody part. down a chord symbol for this but <laughs> everything we're playing is uh, you know a bit far away from that it's just a starting point maybe until now we have only heard the melody part once and I think we're ending with the melody Run was also one of the first songs I wrote for this. Uh, I've, you know, I had in mind those two bass lines on top of each other. And I wrote two melody lines that could be played after each other or on top of each other. Also in different tempos, you know. I wanted to create for this record, for this band, material that could be used in different ways. 
think this was kind of, you know, we did a lot of takes for this one because we tried a lot of different things. This is a smaller group, I think. Two basses, harmonium, piano, and I think only Sebastian Gille, maybe? Might be that Katrin Pechloff on harp is also there. Also, I didn't write down any harmony for this. Somehow the harmony is clear. I mean, <laughs> it's clear what's meant for the musicians. Oh, Menzel is there as well. Playing around with melody one. Okay, so <laughs> it's the full ensemble. Um, I just realized that now. I haven't listened to it in a while. I don't think we're playing melody number two. And I think it's over now. This is a duet between me and my teacher and mentor, Hubert Nuss. He's playing celesta and I'm playing piano. Inspiration for that was, I think I was reading something about Weather Report's Orange Lady being a tone poem or described as a tone poem. And I just love that word so much. I wanted to see how it sounds in German. So that's Tongedicht. Try to write a poem just with notes. Okay, Secret was meant as a feature for Henning Sieverts, who is not only a great bassist but also a great cellist and can improvise on that instrument. So I wrote this waltz for him. And this waltz is just, you know, a piece that we could have played with a trio also, but we never did. And these are nice, nice changes to blow over, but I wanted to resist that urge and just have it as a compositional statement. And then in the sheet music it just reaches a certain point that we're approaching now. Where then, then there's a fermata. And then there says it says cadenza for cello. And I didn't give him any direction for this, you know, he could just play whatever he felt like. But he had to reach an F sharp. <laughs> Not a high one, but you know mid-range F-sharp, which is sort of a, the top note of a then approaching three-bar um, three vamp. Every chord of those three, three bars has the top note F-sharp, which is when the ensemble is um, joining again. And here we go. Robert Landfermann and Dietmar Fuhr are joining, and now is Jonas Burgwinkel on drums. Return.
Katrin is there as well. And I think the horns later play the, those um, three note three note voicings. What exactly would happen in this part wasn't decided again. I've said to Jonas that he should stay on the uh, rim click. I'm not sure. Sometimes, sometimes I might have an idea for a group or something. But uh, usually Jonas had a carte blanche. <laughs> She's so great at you know making making something up in the moment. Everybody is in this ensemble. I think. This is a song that wasn't written by me, but uh, written by a great guitar player from Hamburg called Sandra Hempel. She's a player that I really admire. And um, I first met her in Hamburg also, I think, playing with Sebastian Gille, who is also in the Glow Ensemble on this record. Sebastian invited us both to play with him at a little concert series and everybody brought tunes, some standards, some originals. And uh, Sandra brought this tune and I really liked it. I really liked the open vibe of it and the different ways you could approach it. It has a, you know, it's kind of modally uh, based on one chord, I think, or two chords. I don't have the sheet music anymore, uh, so I'm basically reacting to this as we go along in the moment. So, um, but I really, uh, I took this, the, the sheet music home, and I really like the idea of, you know, sometimes people are get are getting too hung up on their own music, I think, sometimes. Forgetting that there are so many beautiful pieces by others that you could also play on your record. And I always liked that, you know, Miles playing Jimmy Heath's uh, Gingerbread Boy or something. You play something by your friends or your, your colleagues, even if it's, quote-unquote, you know, your music there's a piece I like, I will play it. And I still have the idea of making a record of just the music of my friends, you know, that I've played in different contexts. I might do that one day. Um, Yeah, I was really inspired by this piece, so I took it home 
And then uh, when this record came about, I felt like this would be very fitting for this record. And it turned out to be <laughs> true. Kind of a mantra for this album, for the recording session, was always only play something if you hear something. And we kind of said it bef before each track, before each uh, take. Which is why you hear multiple solos going on at times, or people jumping in. I want to have that freedom in this band. It was also so great to have this band be very, very close physically uh, in the studio. So there's no, I mean, there was some separation of you know, um, yeah, some some walls. Uh, I don't know the words for this, but but we were all in the same room with some separation. But uh, we could basically play most of us without headphones, which was great. Maybe little monitors or something. I always prefer that. is reacting to Hubert's colors here. Time, there were a lot of bands inside of GLOW <laughs> that were happening at the same time. So Niels Klein, Robert Landfermann and Jonas Burkwinkel and me were also Niels Quartet. And there was a band uh, around Menzel Mutzke, the trumpet player, with um, Robert, Jonas and me. Christoph Möckel, who's another great saxophone player. Obviously, my trio with Robert and Jonas. And Dietmar Fuhr, the, the other bassist. And Niels Klein had a lot of history of playing together. Also, playing together with Jonas in Frank Wingos, another great guitar player. Frank Wingold's quartet. Robert ended up playing in Katrin's uh, trio, which is one of my favorite bands. And Menzel and me ended up playing in Jason Seitzer's quintet shortly after this recording session. Jason Seitzer was uh, the producer and engineer for this record. Later years, Menzel 
asked uh, Dietmar Fuhr and me to play on his uh, uh, debut album, which, is, which was just released. And we recorded it in the same studio like this. This band only played live a couple of times because, you know, it's obviously a big band like this. It's not a big band, but a bigger ensemble like this is hardly put together on small budgets like the jazz budgets. So there was uh, some uh, opportunities for the band to play live, and, uh, but not many. But whenever we got together, it was great fun. Wiegenlied is a piece that I have known for a long, long time because it was written by my father, Peter Held, who is a great piano player and composer. And this piece was written sometime in the 80s. And I've probably heard it a lot of times as a kid. And um, there's a beautiful solo recording of it um, by him. And I had a recording of it, um, you know, that he recorded himself from a live recording. And I, I just love that recording. And uh, on different other records, I have played his pieces because they're very, very dear to me, obviously. And for this tune, we decided a couple of things before. So... It was said that this would be a duet of, of harp, no, trio of harp uh, and celesta and cello until a certain point, which we've reached now, where there's a solo section, I mean a solo spot for, um, for Katrin and everybody else who wants to join in. There's a spot for the harp to, to shine. In the original recording, my father also improvises on this drone, solo, solo piano, and then he comes back to the theme. The theme is written, I think, in C, it's in C major, I think. And um, to me, it felt a little bit like. I want to go somewhere else after after the solo. So we are playing the um, the melody and the, the 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 theme again in another trio, I think, in or duo maybe I don't know, celesta and piano in B major, so half step down. And now I'm not following the, you know, the actual written notes and playing more kind of freely, harmonically, a little bit more free version of the piece. Basically, I'm comping for Hubert Nuss, who's playing the melody on Celeste. Kind of doubling it at times. I think, yeah, I wasn't looking at the sheet music because I didn't write it down in B major. 
we were kind of transposing it on the fly, which is why it sounds very different <laughs> than the written material. <laughs> <laughs> 